Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is always hungry and tired, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I feel like those two things describe me pretty accurately. Pretty accurately. Uh, today I had a rough day. We're recording this one a little bit early. Trevor, I don't know if you want to tell everyone what you're early. doing this weekend, but... Uh, oh, early for the... Yeah, yeah, we're recording yeah. this on uh, Thursday, actually. Trevor has a big weekend. I don't know if you want to tell everyone what you're doing, um, but he has a big weekend. He will be yes. away. Um, so we're recording this one a little bit early. Uh, today I worked a women's soccer game, which we won with six seconds in overtime. Um, Insane. Bowling Green over Dayton. So that was, that was pretty amazing. Um, but I was uh, out for a while. I stood for four straight hours uh, and didn't eat for 11 straight. So I was very, very hungry and tired. Went to a little Chipotle stop. We came back. We watched Big Brother. So it ended up being a good night. But uh, I am a little bit tired. We're recording this one late. We're grinding for yes. all of you viewers out there. It is almost midnight here. Uh, but we, yeah. we're getting the episode ready for you all. Yeah, you got your carbs in. You got your double rice at Chipotle. And we're here Thursday night, almost midnight. And... Uh, I have a wedding this weekend, so that's why we're not recording on Sunday, so I'll be gone pretty much all weekend, so we figured it would be better to do it now. Mm -hmm. But uh, episode 26, and today is going to be a good one. We're going to talk about the USA and Turkey game that almost ended in a bad result, but we survived somehow. Ezekiel Elliott's new contract, Jared Goff, his extension, Antonio Brown, I mean... This is just getting old, his antics, we'll talk about that. Small talk trivia, randomly ranked, and for our main topics, we're going to do college football preview for, this will be week three of college football that we will be previewing, so the games on like Friday the 13th or Saturday the 14th. Oh, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's right, yeah. Friday that is the right. That is right, it is so, the 13th. Um, yes. And then so NFL preview there. of week two, which will also be that same weekend. Uh, so it's going to be a good episode today. Uh, lots to talk about. We'll get right into it today. Um, Team USA played Turkey, as you just said. Um, Team USA won 93-92 against Turkey. Teddy uh, Osman leading the front of Turkey. And we have Kemba Walker. And this was a close game. But uh, it seemed like uh, it was a rough one for uh, the boys in red, white, and blue. Uh, we shot 35% from two versus Turkey's 48%. From three point, we only shot thirty five percent versus Turkey's almost thirty six percent. So this is clearly not a game we should have won. Um, and at the end, it seemed like chance after chance, Turkey did not take over. Um, I actually I woke up and I, I saw that this game was on and I caught the last part of it, um, which is interesting. Uh, it, it's interesting to see like the games that are like all the way across the globe and like they're at such odd times for us in the U S. I think that's really interesting. Um, but the ending is just this constant chance after chance of them missing free throws, us getting the ball back, us getting fouled. Uh, so what are, your, what are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, this game was not good. Um, the leading scorer of this game was Ersan Ilyasova, who, he's in the NBA, right? But yes. he's now getting older. He's 32 years old. He's not playing his best basketball anymore. And yet he was still the leading scorer. And he almost won the game for Turkey against USA. Luckily... They missed some free throws. They kind of choked, and we survived, but not a great look. Now Jason Tatum, he's having injury problems. Yep. So this is not great. And I, I want to ask you one question because we I think we were both thinking that the USA would still pull it out. But if you so, – so if I ask you this question, the U.S. or the field, who are you taking? You know, it's, I would never want to bet against the U.S. It's, it's 
if you take pure talent, I mean, we have like 10 times the amount as anyone else. So I, I think as of right now, I'm going to stick with Team USA. I was thinking about this earlier today about, you know, do I think Greece could win with just Giannis? You know, if you think about in the NBA, LeBron in the 07 Cavs, I mean, he killed everyone. Obviously, he didn't kill the Spurs in the end, but, I mean, he ran through the league. It was just him and 14 other scrubs on the team. So I... I'm gonna go with the t- I'm gonna go with Team USA, but it's a lot closer than it was before. I, I have a lot less faith in Team USA. It doesn't seem like they're playing collectively as a team well. Um, it doesn't seem like they have someone who's like a forefront leader, uh, you know, to get, come straight forward. There's not a lot of veterans on the team. There's a lot of young guys. So I I'm still gonna take Team USA, but I I put their chances instead of like 80% winning. I'm gonna put them at around, you know, compared to any other team, I'm gonna put around 40 to 50 uh, percent range. What about you? Do you, you still take Team USA or do you take the field? I, I think well, the field has a good argument. If, if I'm going, if I'm betting and I'm saying Team USA versus the field, I'm going the field. However, if I have to bet on one single team, I yeah. still got to go USA. So that's kind a of good a point. dilemma. It's a good point. Moving on, we had a couple contract extensions this week. Uh, we're going to start off with Ezekiel Elliott, who signed a six-year extension, which is now going to put him to eight years in total because he currently has two years on his deal. So that means eight more years for Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys, which for a running back, that's an, an insane amount. I mean, he we, we were talking about earlier, I think he's like 23, 24, 25, right around there. So, I mean, if he's 24, I mean, eight years, he's going to be 32 years old, and he's under contract. And uh, the contract ended up being the six-year extension is $90 million, $50 million of it guaranteed. It's the largest running back deal in history, and it's the richest running back deal um, for uh, a Cowboys player uh, at the running back position. So... You know, what do you think? Do you think this deal is worth it? What, what do you What do you think about Zeke? Uh, you know, I think Zeke is one of the best running backs in the NFL, but this is a lot of money for a running back. So, I mean, now him making him being the top paid running back. I mean, I don't know if he's the best running back in the league. I don't know if I'd say that, but to me, really, it just seems like a lot for the running for a running back position. So, I think that's really mm-hmm. where I maybe they had to do it, but I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a tough one. He, here's the thing. I, I would never, ever in a million years pay a running back this money. I don't care who it is. Running backs are not worth this much money. They aren't. They get hurt too much. They get banged up. Their careers don't last long enough. It's not worth it enough for me to invest that much money in a running back. It's the same thing with receivers. When Jarvis Landry was um, you know, wanting to leave and sign with a different team or get traded, I forget if he, he was a free agent. or I, I think he got traded, but I could be wrong. Uh, when Jarvis Landry wanted to leave, I really wanted the Ravens to get him. And then I thought about it. I was like, why do I want to pay 15 to $20 million for one single receiver? It's a waste of money. You know, receivers, are, you can get a lot of receivers for a lot cheaper. And obviously, I mean, Jarvis Landry is great, but it's not worth it to sign these position players like running back or receiver for $20 million a year, $15 million a year. It's ridiculous. You know, when C.J. Mosley was asking for $17, $18 million, I, I, I wouldn't pay him that. And I'm happy the Ravens didn't. So... For me, I hate when these running backs get paid because I think it's bad moves for the teams. I don't know why you would do it. There's no way I would do that if I was a GM. I wouldn't want someone on a contract, especially that long, uh, for a running back. So for me, I don't like this deal. Zeke is one of the best running backs in the league, don't get me wrong, but I would never sign a running back this long. Moving on to Jared Goff. Um, and Jared Goff signed a, a very interesting deal. This is a neat deal, I think. Um, it was a four-year extension worth $134 million, but $110 million guaranteed. So I'm, I'm going to go first here. I have some interesting comments on this. I think this is a really good deal. I think we're starting to transition into where the top quarterbacks in the league are getting paid $40 million a year, maybe even slightly more. 
we're transitioning to more and more money getting shifted over, salary caps getting bigger. And I mean, this is what, $33 million a year for four years? $110 million guaranteed. So you have your quarterback locked up at $33 million. In two years, three years, he's going to be getting paid probably like the 11th, 12th, 13th best uh, quarterback. So I think this deal is going to end up paying off the Rams. Jared Goff in no way is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL yet, at the least. And I don't think he's going to be necessarily, but I think he's definitely a top 10 quarterback. I think they're going to end up getting their money back for this, essentially. I think they'll be paying for a quarterback who is a top 10 quarterback without paying him one of the top 10 salaries. So as of right now, it's going to be a lot. But look, we have guys like Matt. I mean, think about like when Flacco got his contract. He was $26 million a year. And now it's arbitrary. Obviously, he's not on the Ravens anymore, and it didn't exactly pan out because they transitioned their offense. But you look at, like, when, when Flacco signed for that $26 million a year, I mean, people were—I was upset about it. I, I didn't want that much money for Flacco. I mean, I love Flacco. I think Flacco's better than most people think. But that's a lot of money. So, I mean, you look at this deal now, and yes, it's a lot of money, but I think two, three years down the line, you're going to look and say that was actually a pretty good deal. It's good to get him locked up for that long. Obviously, that's barring injuries and stuff. But overall, I really like Goff's deal. I'm, I'm about this one. Yeah, I mean, it, it does definitely seem like a lot of money, but it seems like pretty much every quarterback's getting this money nowadays. So I can't be totally out on it, even though I'm, I don't think I'm as high on Jared Goff as you are. I mean, watching that Super Bowl and watching some of the other games, like in the Saints game as well, some of the other games he's played in, I'm not a huge fan of Jared Goff. Obviously, he's still young, so I think he's definitely going to improve but um, it, I don't know. I'm just not quite as high. I'm not, I'm not down on it because he's a quarterback and it's a very important position and he's very young, but I'm just – I'm in the middle on it. I completely get that. Uh, overall, I still think it's a good deal, uh, but I see where you're coming from. Moving on to Antonio Brown. Uh, I think we're going to say this is the last time we're talking about Antonio Brown unless he, like, does something crazy or dies. You know, God forbid I don't want him to die, but – Unless something crazy happens, I'm getting a little bit sick of talking about Antonio Brown. But um, with the recent events, I feel like we do need to at least address it um, because it is a big deal. Antonio Brown and general manager Mike Mayock, who I love, loved when he was with CBS, I loved his stuff, got into a very heated exchange on Wednesday. Um, And the team is now planning to suspend the star, according to ESPN. So I guess a lot happened this. It seemed like he... Uh, got in a yelling match with him and threatened to punch him and then kicked the football. So here's here's what I think of Antonio Brown. I hate the Steelers. I hated him on the Steelers. Mappy's he's off the Steelers. Now he's not the Steelers issue, which I wish he was. But the good thing about it is that he's eating up a ton of their salary. I think it's close to $30 million, uh, which is uh, held against their cap, which means they can't spend $30 million. And that's a great thing because money in the NFL is worth way more than any other league. I mean, you sign these great position players for way less than $10 million, so the money is super, super important. That's point number one. Point number two, what the hell is Antonio Brown doing? You're about to get $30 million guaranteed, and all you have to do is not do something stupid. That's the only thing you have to do. All you have to do is don't kick a football, don't get in any trouble, and don't get in a yelling match with your GM. And what does he do? He gets in a yelling match with his GM, and now he might be suspended, and his guarantee might be voided. All you had to do was to sit there, go to practice, and not get upset about fines. And that's exactly what he did. I, like, I, I feel like, I mean, maybe it's just from a more logical person thinking about it. Maybe he's upset or whatever. I don't know. But you just signed with this team. You haven't even played a snap. You're arguing about helmets. You're getting upset and losing your, vo- uh, your uh, contract uh, guarantee. Like, I, I don't understand this. To me, Antonio Brown is not worth the hassle. He's definitely not worth the money. 
at this point. So for me, I'm just done talking about Antonio Brown. It gets me way too upset because he's such a controversial player with all this stuff. But what are your thoughts on it? So I'm really trying to think about what could be going through his mind. Like, what is his perspective on this? Why is he doing this? I'm really trying to, like, almost play devil's advocate. What are the motivations for him punting a football into the stands and saying, find me for that? What are his intentions when he's complaining about a helmet? What I, I really just don't get it, and I'm trying to, like, think of scenarios and I can't come up with anything. Like, does he just... Is is this some, some kind of, like... Like, like ploy for like marketing or to get attention or to, I don't know, get some kind of brand deal somehow. I don't know. I don't know what this is. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think it's any of those. I think it's just nonsense. I think he's being kind of a baby about it. And yeah, do you have anything else to say about it, this? Another thing I just thought of is think about like his teammates. Just everything Antonio Brown does has to be about him and not about the team. I mean, you go in, okay, you have this whole helmet garbage. Just wear a helmet. Who cares? Wear one of the helmets they give you. I mean, it literally doesn't matter. He just signed a deal with the helmet company. He got more money. Like, just, I, I don't understand. Just wear a helmet, okay? That's number one. Then number two, you go in, you kick a ball around, get upset over having to pay $54,000 in fines. I mean, the, he's about to get $30 million. What is $54,000 to him? They, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. He's, it's I over team for Antonio Brown. It's not someone that I'd want to have on my team, no matter how good you are. It's not a good team player. You should be a leader at the age he is and not be a child like he's acting like. But let's just move on from this issue. I'm done talking about Antonio Brown. We're going to move right into small talk, uh, one of my personal favorite segments. Uh, I, I don't remember who went first last time. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? It's all up to you, Trevor. Um, I can go first. Yeah, I don't remember either. But um, yeah. my question is going to be, obviously, NFL season starting this week. So actually started today. But uh, my questions relate to the NFL and relate to week one specifically. And the question is, who threw – the answer will be a player. Who threw the most passing touchdowns in a week one game in the Super Bowl era? All right. I am about 100% sure. Oh. It is Peyton Manning. I think he threw seven touchdowns in his first game. Yes, that's exactly correct. Seven touchdowns, right? And and you're not getting extra points for this, but who is that against? So I think, I think this is when he was on the Broncos. I could be wrong. He could have been on the Colts, but I'm pretty sure he was on the Broncos. I don't know the I don't know the answer. I'm gonna give a guess. I'm gonna say the Cardinals. No, it's your team. It's the Ravens. Oh no! They beat them forty nine to twenty seven. I remember he threw seven touchdown passes. Twenty thirteen. And I yep. yeah, that was a crazy one for sure. But yeah, I I remember when that <clears throat> happened in fantasy football. So it was, yeah. that was a that was definitely one I had to remember. I remember that happening. I was like seven touchdowns. That's a stupid amount. All right, moving on to my question. So I actually have two questions, and I thought about it. I'm going to give you a nice opportunity here. I'm going to ask you two questions today, and you get an opportunity to get both of them right. Oh, wow. First question is, who is the first freshman to win the Heisman Trophy? First freshman to win the mm-hmm. Heisman Trophy. Okay, so I think it's recent for sure. I could be wrong. Um, could be. You could be right also, though. But I think it's recent, because I remember there being some kind of storyline about this. Um, First freshman to win the Heisman Trophy. 
uh, there's names coming to my mind. Um, so if I just go back, uh, Kyler Murray was not a freshman. Um, Baker Mayfield was not a freshman. Um, man, man, was Johnny Man was Johnny Manziel a freshman? I don't know. <clears throat> Mark Ingram was not a freshman. Um, Tim Tebow, no. Dang. Ah, uh, this is tough. It's got to be recent, though. It's got to be recent. <laughs> I'll go Johnny Manziel. That's my final answer. Final answer? Yeah. That is correct. Johnny oh, Manziel is correct. Let's go. Let's it go. Was a, it was a good guess. <laughs> I wasn't too so you get, super confident. It's now 9 to 9. <laughs> and I will keep my deal. You get one more question. Let's go. Who is the first underclassman to win a Heisman Trophy? Oh, geez. So by underclassmen, just to make it clear, mm-hmm. we're including sophomores and sophomores. It's going to be freshmen and sophomores, and yes. Juniors and seniors are upperclassmen. So this one's a lot harder, I feel like. Um, yeah, this one's going to be a shot in the dark for sure. Um, whew, maybe I should go recent again. But, it, it, I mean, it could definitely be someone from the older, from longer ago. You're right, it could be, but it also could not be. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna take a shot in the dark. Um, right. This is this is wrong, but Tim Tebow. Is that your guess? Yeah, that is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> Look at that. What scores now ten to nine? I don't know how I got that. That would be a fun twist to give you two questions. I don't know how. So I, I, when I was right. figuring out my question, I didn't know which one to do. So I was like, hey, I'll just give them both. Props, hey, claps all around. We, all of our questions we got right. I mean, it was impressive this week. Leave a review on the video, or on the video. We're not videotaping this, are on we? On the podcast. On the podcast. Leave a review for us because that, that was impressive, I feel like. Also, tell us if you guys got that both all three of those questions right. And also, I just took the lead, so that's important. Did take the lead. First time. <laughs> Woo! Good job, Trevor. All right, moving on to randomly ranked. We're going to kind of cycle through this quickly. Um, and we're going to do our top five favorite fictional characters from TV shows. My number five is going to be Spencer James from All American. Just love Spencer James. Number four is going to be Seeley Booth from uh, Bones. If you guys know, you know. Number three is going to be Walter White from Breaking Bad. I feel like that's an all-time great character. Number two is going to be Michael Scott from The Office. Like, come on now. And number one is going to be Derek Morgan from Criminal Minds. Ooh, that's a good one. Go ahead. What All are right. your five? So number five, um, there's going to be a little bit of a theme. I don't watch a ton of different TV shows. Mm-hmm. It's more just watching no, no, the wait, same wait, wait. ones over and over again. Let's see. I, I think the – I'm going to go <laughs> under. Now, I'm going to go over two Friday Night Lights people. Over two Friday Night Lights. Over two okay. Friday Night Lights. Let's see what okay. it is. So number five, we're starting off with someone from Friday Night Lights. There we go. That's one. That's one. It's Tammy Taylor. She is the voice of reason. She's she's the coach's wife. She also was a principal and a guidance counselor um, at different points in seasons. So Tammy is great. Uh, number four, I'm going with Spencer James from All American. Nice, nice. Definitely my favorite character uh, from All American. Number three, the second Friday Night Lights <laughs> character, Jason Street. Oh, there's going to be one more. There's going to be one more. And and Jason Street is the best quarterback in the franchise, by the way. 100%. He's the best. He would have been in that. But Michael B. Dorn's character is the second best. Hot take of the day. I think I agree with that. Oh. Number two, Ben Stone from Manifest. 
Okay. Now, if you haven't seen Manifest, you should find a way to watch it. It's so good. And Ben is great. I relate to his character so much. He just, like, he tries to uncover all the, like, everything. I'm not trying to spoil too much. Right, number one. Last number Friday Night Lights. Number one is my favorite Friday Night Lights character yes! Let's of go. all time. Matt Saracen, QB <sighs> number go. two turn QB number one. Matt Saracen is the greatest. Can I give myself Taking another point? Taking care of his grandma, becoming the QB, all the way to states, winning the championship. I feel like I deserve another point. I, I, I took the over on over two Friday Night Lights people, and I got that one right. I'm giving myself a half a point. It is now ten to nine and a half. What? Yep. You're it's self-proclaimed a half nine a and a half. I think self-proclaiming this be, my half point. I think this should be a poll on Twitter. Yeah, why don't we put up the poll? I, I like that idea, but for now, I'm going to give myself half a point. Okay. Moving on to our main topics, uh, we're going to go into college football games for this upcoming week, which is week three of college football. Um, and we definitely have some good ones. It seems like we have a common theme of Clemson playing some very solid teams, and we have, I think, better games overall this week. Clemson is at Syracuse, which has historically been a hard game in the past for them. Dino Babers, old Bowling Green coach, is there. What are your thoughts on that game, Trevor? Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough game for Clemson. Um, I think Syracuse, as you said, they always pose a tough challenge. The game is in Syracuse, so that helps. Um, and I think Dino Babers is an amazing coach. Um, wish he was still. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not, but he was a great coach anyway. Um, so I think they'll give him a tough challenge. But nevertheless, Clemson, as I've said before, I think they're the best team in college football. I think they will win, but I think it'll be them surviving. I think it'll be close. could be a touchdown, maybe even less than a touchdown. But I have Clemson winning nevertheless. Uh, I, I think Clemson will win this one. I think they blow them out of the water. I think this is going to be a rare game against Syracuse to blow them out of the water. But another SC, or ACC team will give them troubles in the future. Moving on um, to what I think the game of the week is. Iowa at Iowa State. 20, 20th ranked team in the nation, Iowa versus 25 Iowa State. Um, I'm guessing college game day would be there because it's an in-state rivalry. Um, but I, I'm not 100% sure. That would be my guess, though. Um, and that's a pretty big game. Uh I, I feel like Iowa State will take this one, too. I think they will upset, I guess upset, you know, in quotation marks there, Iowa, in my opinion. What do you think? Um, I was really, obviously really unimpressed with Iowa State's first game where they almost got upset by Northern, Illinois, Northern Iowa, almost said Illinois. Um, so they are at home, so it's tough, and you never know with rivalries. But I think I'm going to go with Iowa based on what I know about Iowa State so far. And I don't know a ton about Iowa, but I think they'll take it. Moving on to our last double-ranked game, we have number 23, Stanford, at number 18, UCF. And I'm excited for this game. I've been waiting for UCF to have like a really good uh, contestant come in to their stadium in the regular season, play them, and see how it plays out. Brandon Wimbush, I like a lot. I, I think he's a really good quarterback for UCF. Um, what, what do you think about this game? Who do you think takes this one? Um, I'm excited about this game as well. I think it's going to be good to see UCF face some competition, but I do think this team isn't quite as good as the past year or two. So I lean towards Stanford. I think I th- uh, Stanford will win this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to go against with you. Uh, go against you here. I, I definitely think UCF will take this one. I, I have faith in UCF. Brandon Wimbush transfer from Notre Dame. I, I personally like him a lot. Um, I, I do agree their team is not quite as good as it's been in the past two, three years, but it still is really, really good. And I definitely think it's better than this Stanford team here. So I will have uh, them taking it. Uh, we, we, the last kind of interesting game here, I think, that it, I have Pittsburgh at Penn State, another in-state rivalry. Um, and I, I feel like this one might be overlooked a little bit. What do you think? 
Yeah, this can be an interesting game. I mean, this is another rivalry that you never know which way it's going to go. So um, it's tough, but I mean, Penn State is the better team on paper, so I think they're going to win. I mean, they're the better team, um, so that's who I'm going with. What about you? Uh, I, I still think Penn State takes this one, but you, know, you never know with these in-state games. You never know. Uh, moving on, we're actually going to move on over to the NFL, um, which has a couple good games coming up here. The main one, um, I think you said, was the Saints and the Eagles? Saints and Saints Rams. Saints and Rams. Yes. Um, NFC Championship game from last year, I believe, correct? Yeah. Um, and these are two really good teams, probably the two best teams in the NFL, or in the uh, NFC at the very least. Uh, who who do you like here? This is a tough one. I think the Saints are a little bit better, but this is uh, a home game for the Rams. So I'm going to go the Rams here, though it is very tough. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with that too. In the NFL, it matter- the home field just matters so, so much. Um, and I, I think golf with this new extension, you got Gurley back f- kind of fully healthy. I think he's fully healthy. Uh, revamped defense with Eric Weddle signing. Uh, they, they got some good guys over there. Um, and I, I think they'll take this one, but it's going to be a close game. They only win by three. Moving on, we have the Eagles at Falcons. Uh, this is another pretty good game in Atlanta. Uh, what do you think about this game? Um, I, th- I think this is another interesting one. You know, something that's really surprised me is how some people really think the Eagles are going to be really good. Like I've seen in some power rankings, people have the Eagles as high as number one. And I think that's a little too high. Now, I do think they're better than the Falcons. And despite the fact that this is on the road, I think I am taking the Eagles. But it's just interesting. I think the Eagles are a little overrated this year. Yeah, I, I feel you here. So what what teams do you see coming out of this week being 2-0? What's like hmm. you, coming out of this yeah. week 2-0 looks most impressive to you? Um, so I'd have to go back. I'm going to go back real quick just to see – because the Seahawks and Steelers, which is another interesting game, and then they play. I thought they had a. Oh, so they have the Bengals. So obviously yeah, they'll beat the Bengals. Week one, so that's a win for the Seahawks. <laughs> and then they play the Steelers, and I do think they will beat the Steelers on the road as well. So I think the Seahawks could be a team that we come out of this and say, "Hey, the Seahawks are a top five team in the NFL." So that's that's one team I would say. Um, I I actually I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna go real bold. I think the Ravens will start off two and zero. Um, they have the Dolphins away, but the Dolphins are like the worst team in the NFL. Then they have the Cardinals at home with a young quarterback. So I think the Ravens will look impressive coming out of their first two games. Um, they have a hard middle part of their schedule, so I think it's going to be interesting there. I was going to say the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have two away games to turn off and one against Jacksonville. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the first matchups is against a tough defense. I think if Mahomes puts up 40, 50 points, uh, we can come out saying, like, hey, this team's way more impressive than we originally thought. Um, and even now, I still think they're one of the better teams in the NFL, but I think they'll look really, really impressive coming out of those two games if they finish off 2-0. and But for now, I, I'm actually going to say the Ravens. I think the Ravens have two really easy games, and they're kind of uh, – you can see them, you know, especially if Lamar Jackson plays really, really well and the defense plays really well. I can see people, you know, kind of hyping them up a little more than they probably should be. Um, I do think the Ravens are good, but I, I think if they start off 2-0 and and more of an emphatic 2-0 – um, then it could, it could really power them through the middle part of their season. Um, another team that I actually think will be 2-0 is the Steelers. Um, I think the Steelers are uh, a very, very solid team. Wait, um, really? I, sadly, I'm saying You think it, they're going to beat the Patriots? I think they could beat the Patriots. That's, that might be my bold prediction for the week. My mouth is wide open. <laughs> I am in disbelief. I don't have a ton of trust in some of the Patriots. 
players, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a good game. <clears throat> but we own the Steelers. Don't say we. You're not a part of the Patriots. We own the Steelers. I, I think if the Patriots <laughs> or if the Steelers come out 2-0, and it's a dangerous team. Very, very, very dangerous team. I think they'll be 0-2, but, you know. <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> All right. About- Final thoughts in the NFL. Um, so another game that's interesting, the Browns and Jets, because these are two teams that have historically been very bad, but now people are kind of hyping them up. Um, some people think the Browns might make the playoffs. Some people even think the Jets have a chance at the playoffs. So what do you think about this game? Um, I, I can see this game going either way. Uh, I think if the Browns figure their stuff out quickly, then this will be a pretty easy Browns win, but I don't, I don't see that. I, I'm interested to see how Le'Veon does against a really good D-line. Because um, their O-line is not the greatest. Uh, I, but I, I think I'll take the Browns in this game. Yeah, I agree. I think the Browns are the better team. And I think they will take this game as well. Of course. Well, to finish up the episode today, we're going to go to our quick prediction. Uh, Trevor, what is your quick prediction for today? Okay, so my prediction is we were previewing mostly week three games. But uh, I'm going to preview the Monday night game um, this coming Monday, week two, which is the Saints and Texans. I have the Saints beating the Texans by two touchdowns. Uh, this Monday, that game's at 7.10 p.m. Very, very interesting. Um, I My big thing I'm going to say this week, I'm going to say another big contract will be signed by next Sunday, whether it's Amari Cooper or Melvin Gordon gets traded and signs a big tra- contract. Someone signs another big contract before next Sunday's Week 2 games. Uh, so that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. Um, a lot of these downloads are coming in. We have been well past a thousand downloads, so thank you all so much for that. Um, please leave a review, a comment. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Give us that five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it. Uh, just really a ton. Um, we are now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and TuneIn. Um, so, you know, there's no reason not to listen anymore. Uh, a lot of good stuff cooking up for the podcast, I think. We're, we're going to have some good seasons here um, to be able to talk about with you guys. Um, So thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.